Section 16 of The Dove's Nest and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The Dove's Nest and Other Stories by Catherine Mansfield. Section 16. Honesty. There was an expression Rupert Henderson was very fond of using if you want my honest opinion he had an honest opinion on every subject under the sun and nothing short of a passion for delivering it but archie cullen's pet phrase was i cannot honestly say which meant that he had not really made up his mind he had not really made up his mind on any subject whatsoever why because he could not he was unlike other men he was minus something or was it plus no matter he was not in the least proud of the fact it depressed him one might go so far as to say terribly at times rupert and archie lived together that is to say archie lived in rupert's rooms oh he paid his share his half in everything the arrangement was a purely strictly business arrangement but perhaps it was because rupert had invited archie that archie remained always his guest they each had a bedroom there was a common sitting-room and a largish bathroom which rupert used as a dressing-room as well the first morning after his arrival archie had left his sponge in the bathroom and a moment after there was a knock at his door and rupert said kindly but firmly your sponge i fancy the first evening archie had brought his tobacco jar into the sitting-room and placed it on a corner of the mantelpiece rupert was reading a newspaper it was a round china jar the surface painted and roughened to represent a sea urchin on the lid was a spray of china seaweed with two berries for a knob archie was excessively fond of it but after dinner when rupert took out his pipe and pouch he suddenly fixed his eyes on this object blew through his moustaches gasped and said in a wandering astonished voice i say is that yours or mrs head's mrs head was their landlady it's mine said archie and he blushed and smiled just a trifle timidly i say said rupert again this time very meaningly would you rather i said archie and he moved in his chair to get up no no certainly not on no account answered rupert and he actually raised his hand but perhaps and here he smiled at archie and gazed about him perhaps we might find some spot for it that was a trifle less conspicuous the spot was not decided on however and archie nipped his sole personal possession into his bedroom as soon as rupert was out of the way but it was chiefly at meals that the attitude of host and guest was most marked for instance on each separate occasion even before they sat down rupert said would you mind cutting the bread archie had he not made such a point of it it is possible that archie in a moment of abstractedness might have grasped the bread knife an unpleasant thought again archie was never allowed to serve even at breakfast the hot dishes and the tea both were dispensed by rupert true he have apologized about the tea he seemed to feel the necessity of some slight explanation there 
i'm rather a fad about my tea said he some people females especially pour in the milk first fatal habit for more reasons than one in my opinion the cup should be filled just so and the tea then coloured sugar archie oh please said archie almost bowing over the table rupert was so very impressive but i suppose said his friend you don't notice any of these little things and archie answered vaguely stirring no i don't suppose i do rupert sat down and unfolded his napkin it would be very inconsistent with your character and disposition said he genially if you did kidneys and bacon scrambled eggs either both which poor archie hated scrambled eggs but alas he was practically certain that scrambled eggs were expected of him too this psychological awareness as rupert called it which existed between them might after a time make things a trifle difficult he felt a little abject as he murmured eggs please and he saw by rupert's expression that he had chosen right rupert helped him to eggs largely psychological awareness perhaps it was that which explained their intimacy one might have been tempted to say it was a case of mutual fascination but whereas archie's reply to the suggestion would have been a slow possibly rupert would have flouted it at once fascination the world's preposterous in this connection what on earth would there be in cullen to fascinate me even if i was in the habit of being fascinated by my fellow-creatures which i certainly am not no i'll own i am deeply interested i confess my belief is i understand him better than anybody else and if you want my honest opinion i am certain that my my hmm, influence over sympathy for him call it what you like is all to the good there is a psychological awareness moreover as a companion instinctively i find him extremely agreeable he stimulates some part of my mind which is less active without him but fascination wide of the mark my dear wide but supposing one remained unconvinced supposing one still played with the idea wasn't it possible to see rupert and archie as the python and the rabbit keeping house together rupert that handsome well-fed python with his moustaches his glare his habit of uncoiling before the fire and swaying against the mantelpiece pipe and pouch in hand and archie soft hunched timid sitting in the lesser armchair there and not there flicking back into the darkness at a word but emerging again at a look with sudden wholly unexpected starts of playfulness instantly suppressed by the python of course there was no question of anything so crude and dreadful as the rabbit being eaten by his housemate nevertheless it was a strange fact after a typical evening the one looked immensely swelled benign and refreshed and the other pale small and exhausted and more often than not rupert's final comment was ominous this as he doused his whisky with soda this has been very absorbing archie and archie gasped out oh very archie cullen was a journalist and the son of a journalist he had no private money no influential connections scarcely any friends his father had been one of those weak 
disappointed unsuccessful men who see in their sons a weapon for themselves he would get his own back on life through archie archie would show them the stuff he his father was made of just you wait till my son comes along this though highly consoling to mr cullen pear was terribly poor fun for archie at two and a half his infant nose was put to the grindstone and even on sundays it was not taken off then his father took him out walking and improved the occasion by making him spell the shop signs count the yachts racing in the harbour divide them by four and multiply the result by three but the experiment was an amazing success archie turned away from the distractions of life shut his ears folded his feet sat over the table with his book and when the holidays came he didn't like them they made him uneasy so he went on reading for himself he was a model boy on prize-giving days his father accompanied him to school carried the great wad of stiff books home for him and flinging them on the dining-room table he surveyed them with an exultant smile my prizes the little sacrifice stared at them too through his spectacles as other little boys stared at puddings he ought of course at this juncture to have been rescued by a doting mother who though cowed herself rose on the end of section sixteen